When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about, you guessed it, how to be happier. This week, we'll talk about why it's helpful to adopt a threshold ritual and why it's fun and useful to identify your personal symbols. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And even though, or maybe because I know her so well, I'm extremely curious to hear what she's going to identify as her personal symbols. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretchen, this week I've decided to think of you as my happiness cheerleader instead of my happiness bully. There we go. I like that so much better. Excellent. That's very nice. What a nice sister. Oh, well, I try. (laughs) Um, before we get into Try This at Home, I wanted to um, thank everybody for sending in uh, advice to my 16-year-old niece, Eliza, your daughter, yes. who was our very special guest um, last episode in episode 30. She asks, people often talk about what advice they'd give to their 16-year-old selves. Well, I'm 16 now, so what advice do you have for me? And we're getting great responses, so keep them coming, and we'll update everybody on um, some great pieces of advice. So, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to observe a threshold ritual. That's an intriguing uh, phrase. What does it mean? Okay, so this, is, this has to do with gratitude. Now, gratitude is a very important element to a happy life. Research shows that people who are regularly grateful are happier, they're more satisfied with their lives, they even feel more physically healthy, they spend more time exercising. If you're feeling grateful, you're, you have less envy, you find it easier to put up with other people. But what I find 
challenging about gratitude is it's very hard to incorporate into your everyday life. Right. So is that where the threshold part comes in? Exactly. So for me, this is my gratitude ritual, my gratitude practice. Because, you know, one of the things a lot of people do if you if you study this stuff is like they go around the dinner table every night and everybody in the family lists three things they're grateful for every day. And I can just tell you right now, that is not going to fly in my family. Like no uh-huh. one's going to get on board with that. And uh, it would make us the opposite of grateful. Um, I would nag, they would complain. Right, okay. right, no, right. Not, no gratitude there. But what I decided to do is, um, well, Elizabeth, you know what my apartment's like. It's kind of a funny building, and there's double doors. So to go out, you have to go through the first door and then through the second door. And if you're coming in, you have to use your keys to go through the first door and then through the second door. Yes. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's, yes. It's a little off-putting. Um, but anyway, I decided that this little this little sort of forced pause was a great time for me to have a threshold ritual of gratitude. So every time I come in, I think... Oh, how happy I am to be coming into my little apartment in the big city, you know, Lauren Gold's Wilder, um, mm-hmm. my happy home. And then every time I go out, I think, oh, how happy I am to be in New York City, which is my very favorite city in the whole world. And so to use that kind of transition moment as a time to remind myself to think grateful thoughts. And I've got to say, it works really, really well. Uh, well, I love that. I mean, this is new to me. I have no gratitude rituals. <laughs> Um, whatsoever. Um, I sure I should, but it never even occurs to me to stop and think about what I'm grateful for, um, which of course is a lot. But I am at this very moment looking at a sign that I have up in my office. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, it's a sign Sarah had these made for us about, you know, eight years ago when we were being very cranky about our job. Um, and griping a lot to each other. It's a tough job. It, it, yeah, yeah, But yeah. all jobs are tough. You know, You know. I said to her, I said, I'm just going to remind myself it's a fun job and I enjoy it. And she went off and surprised me by having signs made that said that. I love that. And we the... have one up in our office. That's a gratitude practice. Wait, so it's, it's a sign that's, I don't remember ever seeing this before. You've got to send a photograph so we can post it on, on, on my site. It says, this yeah, is I'll a fun job and I enjoy it. It's a fun job and I enjoy it. And just to remind us that we actually are, you know, living the dream, basically. <laughs> Um, that is so great. Well, you know, and other things I've heard of, like that people do is they have screensavers or passwords that remind ah. them of things. To be, because, you know, again, you want it to be something that's I mean, one of the most common ones is, is like is like to have gratitude before a meal. That's like the classic thing that people do. Right. But it, but, you know, but I think anything that you do regularly, like come into your office or go in and out of your apartment building or, you know, these are go- going in and out of your car, maybe. Or, you know, subway, like every time I go into the subway, I think how happy I am not to have to drive, not to not to right. gloat, not to gloat in your face, Elizabeth, uh, yeah. as the person living in LA. But like, I love not driving. So like, thank you, New York City for public transportation. But one thing that I thought of that I heard about that I thought was sort of funny was um, somebody said to me, Oh, well, um, I have an app that gives me that like chimes 
randomly at different times to remind me to have a moment of gratefulness. And I was just like, the last thing that would contribute to a grateful spirit in myself is an alarm that was like randomly going off on my phone. (laughs) That's hilarious. So whatever works for you, there is no one right way uh, to pursue happiness. That's funny. Yeah. um, There is an app for everything. Right? Yes, there's there's an app for that. Uh, Yes, absolutely. So so it'd be so interesting to hear what, what ingenious, unconventional or conventional things that people do um, to remind themselves to be grateful because it really is true the things that we most often take for granted are the things like electricity running water democracy you know uh these are the things are our family it's so easy to take these things for granted but when we think about how grateful we are for them it, it definitely makes us happier and i think it helps to have these rituals or these habits to prompt us to remember, because it's so easy to get distracted by all the petty annoyances of everyday life and and forget, this is a fun job and I enjoy it, or whatever it might be. So let us know, uh, Facebook, Twitter, email, or you can look online. There'll be a a, a picture of Elizabeth's sign um, along with everything else you need on my website for episode 31. This is episode 31. So let us know. There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. Elizabeth, I'm really excited to talk about this. I love this question. Um, So this is a question to help you know yourself better because it really is important to know ourselves. I have eight splendid truths of happiness, and one is that we can build a happy life only on the foundation of our own nature. But it's hard to know ourselves. So then, you know, what are these questions that you can ask yourself to sort of get insight into into your own nature? And as indicated by the fact that I have eight splendid truths, I love all the numbered numbered lists in Buddhism, the Triple Refuge, Noble Eightfold Path, Four Noble Truths. And one of the numbered lists that Buddhism has is the eight auspicious symbols. Ah, what are they? They are parasol, golden fish, treasure vase, lotus, conch shell, endless knot, victory banner, and wheel of dharma. Um, and when I read this, I thought, well, this is it's great to have an idea of your personal symbols, because that would be a way, kind of an indirect way of getting insight into yourself, into what's important to you, kind of what how you would symbolize yourself. I think it's a really cool, interesting, creative project of self-knowledge. Yeah, it reminds me, Gretchen, of when for something for mom, a birthday, I think it was, we had a quilt oh, made. Yes. And yes, we yes. You and I came up with a bunch of things that we thought symbolized mom and had them sewn or embroidered onto the quilt along with her name and her birthday. Um, and I, like, what were some of them? There were um, popcorn because she loves popcorn and she loves movies. 
And did we have something from the Wizard of Oz? Oh, yeah, that's one of the ones on mine. I think Ruby Slippers. Do we have that? That's Ruby Slippers. Because for me, Ruby Slippers uh, stand for that idea that you you have within your power the thing that will make you happy. Like, it's been with you all along. Like, you don't have to go looking for it because it's on your own feet. And I think for mom, it's just Wizard of Oz, the Midwest. She loves the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, we all, it, it's definitely a childhood touchstone. Um, you know, and that was a great gift. I felt like it was... You know, just something that really captured her essence. Yeah, yeah. But tell me, I'm dying to know your symbols, because I bet you've spent an enormous time, amount of time, figuring it out. I love this kind of thing. I have to say, I could do this kind of thing all day long. Um, so one is Bluebird, because that's the symbol of happiness. Um, of I said ru- Ruby Slippers. Um, a dictionary, that stands for reading and writing. An invention, because, you know, a dictionary. One, Blood. Um, which oh. maybe seems weird, but um, you've got diabetes, so your blo- the blood is a big thing. You know, yeah. Jamie, until very recently, when he was miraculously cured by modern med- medicine, had hepatitis C, so we were very concerned with his blood. Um, and then mm-hmm. my my uh, my spiritual master, Saint Therese, uh, she she's sort of the patron saint of tuberculosis of age. There's a lot of connection between Saint Therese and blood. A gold star. Dice to remind me of the influence of chance and fortune. A Holstein cow, that's like our family symbol. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, for my, our wedding had a lot of cows in it. Yes. Bizarrely. Peacock feather, <laughs> which reminds me of uh, Symbols Beyond Words, which is some project that I will write when I'm like incredibly wise. Um, and cherries, because mm. I like cherries. Um, cherries nice. are cheery. Yeah. So what are yours? What are yours? Well, I think your list is way more thoughtful. Well, than I've mine. been working on it for like so, ten years, so <laughs> yeah, I've been think- I thought about mine for five minutes. Okay, but well, sh- um, eyeglasses because I think everyone I know associates me with yes, my glasses. Yes, that's good. That's good. They're also about clear sight, so I think that's good. Oh, good. Yeah, there's like okay, a, a good. pun so there. So there's a deep, deeper meaning. Deeper meaning. Yeah, yeah. You can find the deeper meaning yes. in these. <laughs> Um, a mug, because, you know, one, I love mugs and I love coffee. And it also, it's just the comfort of a mug. Yeah. Um, of course, a book and a TV. Yeah. Um, and my favorite symbol I have is a jack, like oh. um, uh, like the toy, the jacks. Yeah. Sarah um, brought this to my attention as a symbol for myself. She gave me a big jack to obviously stand for Jack, my son. And she said, now you can collect these. And I thought, oh, that is great. I've never had anything to collect before. Oh, but also, um, by the way, our father's name is Jack. And our father's name yeah, is so Jack. Yeah, so you got Jack. Yeah, you so got Jack, Jack, yeah. Which, yeah, Jack is named after him. So it's all over, yeah, Jack is a big thing in my life. And then I also picked an apple because apple makes me think of Adam, my husband, because like it's the, you know, Adam, you know, and the apple. And that's all I've got so far. But I'm going to think about it and see if I can get ones that are a little more transcendent, like your peacock feather. Yeah. But I love this. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it it actually is really uh, gives you insight. I feel like we need indirect ways to get it's it's you can't just sit and think about yourself. It's too hard. But these these other kinds of questions can make it easier to get insight into yourself and your values and, and stuff like that. And it's just fun. So let us know what you pick as your personal symbols and why, because it's going to be really interesting. And, and maybe we can glom off some of yours. Yes. Every, yeah, you can borrow from anybody's list to come up with your personal symbols. Um, uh, so let us know what you pick. 
All right, Gretch, let's have a listener question. And for everybody out there, uh, just a reminder that if you want to leave a voicemail question, the number is 774-277-9336 or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. And this week, our caller is Elizabeth from Los Angeles, but it's not me, somebody else. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. Um, I'm just calling to ask about happiness after reaching a goal. Uh, I know you talk a lot about setting goals and reaching small milestones, um, but what about when you reach sort of big life milestones that bring you a lot of happiness and then dealing with the almost the letdown or the depression after those are concluded, whether it be a wedding or having a baby or, or anything of the sort? Um, do you have any advice for dealing with sort of post-happiness depression? Thanks. Oh, this is a great question. I think everybody feels that let down, don't you, Gretch? Yeah, no, there is this feeling that you get when you've been striving, striving towards something, and then you it's finally within your grasp, and then you do have that feeling of letdown or sort of uh, anticlimax when re- regular life sort of kicks in, and it can be very deflating. Yeah, I mean, I it's like I personally didn't spend a lot of time planning my wedding because mom did everything. Um, thank you, mom, gold <laughs> yeah. star. But I can imagine if I spent like a year doing nothing but thinking about a wedding and looking at magazines, and then this big night happens and there's all this attention and uh, presence, yeah, you know, the presence. And I could see that afterward, it would be like this this huge trough you'd sink into. Like, what now? Yeah. Well, and, and this is related, and I'm not sure this is exactly what she's talking about, but a very related thing um, in happiness is is what you could call like the arrival fallacy, which is the idea that as soon as I get to something, well, then I'll be happy. As soon as I get that big promotion, then I'll be happier. As soon as we move to that new house, then I'm going to be happy. And it's a fallacy because you arrive at that place, but then it, it's just your regular, ordinary life. And a lot of times you're not as happy as you anticipate because a lot of times when you, you hit that big goal, well, it's exciting to have hit a big goal, but okay, you got a big promotion, but now you've got all the headaches that come from having a new job, or you've moved, but now you have all the issues that are, are connected to that, or you know, it's so exciting to have a new baby, but now you've got a lot of other issues to worry about. And so, you, if you're if you're expecting that it'll be sort of this ecstatic experience, there's often this period of realizing that is not what it is. So, what can people do to counter? balance that is it like making a thing like you know say the wedding thing like spending a lot of time organizing the photos or is it getting a new hobby I mean what what do you do well I mean I you know I think a lot of it just comes out of this thing we talk about all the time you know drilled into us by our father which is enjoy the process which is you know get your through one thing and just sort of embrace what comes next so um, like I remember when after Jamie and I were married, um, we were like, man, we have so much free time now. Yeah, now that we're going to yeah. do all this wedding stuff, it's like we have all this leisure. It's amazing. Um, you know, so then really get into that or whatever it is to sort of try to look for what is it about this new experience that's going to that you're going to enjoy or take take pleasure in. Um, also, I wonder if it's just acknowledging that it's normal to feel let down after a big event that it sort of, then you automatically feel better. Like, especially I think having a baby, there's a single, the second this come, the baby's out, I'm going to be ecstatic. Uh, I'm going to, you know, in my motherhood and just sort of recognizing that it's a big change and you may have some downtime. I mean, aside from just 
postpartum, which is its own thing, but right. de- uh, postpartum depression. But I mean, just acknowledging that there are periods of letdown. No, there are periods of letdown. Well, I mean, and, and, and I think just knowing that, you're, you're exactly right. I remember, like, we've only bought an apartment one time, but I remember thinking, like, oh, it's going to be exciting to buy an, our first apartment. And somebody said to me, you are going to feel so bad that it's going to be, like, the <laughs> worst day of your life. You're going to feel like you're making a terrible mistake. You're going to feel like you're just signing away your life. You're going to be staggered by the, the money. It's going to be terrible. And I was so glad they said that because that's exactly how I felt. I did not feel a sense of excitement or accomplishment. I felt dread and this is terrible and I can't believe we're doing it. But oh my gosh, like the minute it it was, it was awful. But like you say, knowing this is just part of what happens. It's like, it's a big step and it can cause a lot of emotions. And just because everybody acts like it's going to be a happy, exciting time doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be your experience of it. And you just sort of have to ride it out and, and uh, just acknowledge that it's just, it's a natural part sometimes of these big epic events in our lives. I also think planning something that you know will make you happy could help. Yes. So especially in the case of a wedding, it's like, well, then maybe plan a little weekend away or a brunch with all of your bridesmaids to rehash the wedding or something like that. Yeah. Something that is going to give you something else to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that's useful, Elizabeth in Los Angeles, who is not my sister, Elizabeth. (laughs) LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, time for demerit and gold star. Elizabeth, you are up with a demerit. Yes, and it's a pretty big one, Gretchen. It's, it's years in the making, oh. this happiness demerit. We have been, Adam and I uh, have been living in our house, I'm not even sure how long, maybe eight years, and we've fixed up certain parts of it, other parts we haven't, and Adam has been very gung-ho to do work on our house for years, Mm -hmm. and although I haven't said no, I really have done nothing to help the process. Like, I would never look at magazines or look up people to hire to help us or really be interested in talking about it. And we're finally actually moving forward. Um, And I realize now that we're actually talking to people and moving forward and seeing how, one, how happy that makes Adam. And then two, how nice it is going to be when we've got certain things done to the house that I have really sort of dragged down the happiness, the family by dragging my feet. So... You know, I wish I'd realized this like five years ago. What was the catalyst that finally started moving it forward? Adam. 
A hundred percent. He just said, okay, he just, it's like you and I discussed, the person who cares the most will end up doing the job. Right. He just did it. And I finally sort of, I guess, semi-enthusiastically went along with it. And now I'm trying to gain momentum on my enthusiasm and interest to make it easy and fun, uh, which is still a challenge uh, because I... I think I get scared about big projects, so I'm sort of hesitant about doing it. But I do think in the long run, we'll be 100% happier in our house. So I give myself a demerit for that, and I am striving to improve. But, but you guys t- redid your kitchen. You redid your office. I mean, your part, I, I think your house looks great. But um, Well, thank you. <laughs> there's, there's more work to be done, believe me. Yeah, well, I'll come over and look at your closet if you want that, if you want to just focus, yeah. so focus on that part. Well, that's part. part of this, by the way. I'm going to get a whole built-in thing in my closet. Well, you know what I'll say to that. <laughs> The clear closet comes from within. <laughs> yes, not... but I'm sure it'll involve throwing away a lot of stuff. That's good. Way, That's good. This Excellent. Whole, Excellent. This whole process. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be. I'm sure I'll be. Re- I'll have a lot of happiness demerits along the way for this thing because I'll no doubt will be acting terribly throughout. It's a good thing you and I don't live together. Like nothing, we would be living on futons. Nothing on the nothing on the walls. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. Shag carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we really would. Um, Okay, Gretch, what is your gold star this week? Okay, my gold star is to the United States Passport Agency or whatever the name of the agency is. I don't even Ah. know. So, and there's a little bit of a demerit for me uh, that comes up in this one. So, for our family vacation, we were going to go to Germany, to Berlin. And if a person had been reading the fine print that was like well publicized everywhere that a person would ever go, you would know that a passport, if you're going to enter Germany, your passport has to be good for six months after the time that you're there. Um, And you might say, well, what does it mean for a passport to expire if it's not good for entry uh, unless six months, you know, unless it's good for another six months? Okay. But whatever, that is the rule. I guess they don't want people going to Germany and then like getting stuck there because their passports expired. So they have this rule. So now, I desperately was searching in my mind for a way to pin this on another member of my family because I do love <laughs> to blame others. Um, mm-hmm. But there was really no one to blame but myself because that is within clearly within the purview of my authority is passports. So just okay. that's what it is. So, so what happened? Uh, so it turns out that Eleanor, my 10-year-old's passport, uh, was going to expire like a week after we would return oh. from Germany. Like, okay. So I realized this, yes, the day before we're supposed to leave. Um, and I had dimly had a thought, like, oh, I should go check out Eleanor's passport. But it, it's one of these right. things that just flitted through my mind, and then I was instantly distracted by, like, uh, how many eggs are left in the carton or whatever, and I never followed through. So, okay. Oh. Ball drop. Um, so I run downstairs to Jamie. Oh, my you know, and Eleanor comes trailing oh after me, like, what's God. going on? And I, like, point the finger. I'm like, get out. You know, this is grown-up talk. So she's freaking out. Oh so Jamie God. and I are sitting there. And Jamie's really good at, like, researching <laughs> things on the Internet. So the first thing is, like, <sighs> is this a real rule? Like, do they actually enforce this thing? And like, eh, yes, they do. And so we're like, oh, well, but she's a child. Does it matter? Can she travel on my passport? Like, blah, 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 blah. Nope, 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 nope. You are stuck. So we're bugging out. and um, So you can't go to Berlin tomorrow. That's clear. No, we can't go to Berlin. Yeah. Okay. So we're, and we're slowly incorporating this into our worldview. You know, it's, it was like such a shock. We were literally packing when I figured this out. So 
Um, I was like, oh, I think I should check those passports. So, um, but it turns out, and I don't know if this is just New York City because New York City is like this huge hub, or maybe there, maybe like Chicago has this too, or other big international uh, hubs have this. But there is an, there is an there is an office of the U.S. Passport Agency. In, in New York City, where you can go and get an emergency passport. Uh, and it's not mm. like an expediter, it's the actual passport people. So the office opens at 730. You know, I'm looking online. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there at 5. So I get there oh at 510 in the morning, Monday morning. And because uh, they were like, oh, it, you know, it starts at around 5. And then, and then you get hundreds of people like slowly trickling in. So I get there. It's in a very safe place. And they have those, those, those things set up for lines, so I'm clearly in the right place. Ah. There's like eight people in front of me, which is enough for me to feel smug that I got there early, but but right. also to feel safe because I'm like with the, and I'm obviously in the right place because there's a group of people waiting there. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it's 5 a.m. So I stay there, uh, and then like by six o'clock, hundreds of people are showing up, standing in these lines. Wow. Seven o'clock, Jamie and Eleanor join me because since Eleanor is so young, she, Jamie has to be there for her passport too because of the whole like child kidnapping stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they come at seven. The doors open at seven thirty. The, my favorite thing was that this officer comes out and starts yelling at us to tell us what to do. Not you know just <laughs> announcing like, oh, you're going to go through security, and he goes, and there's going to be an A line and a B line. How many of you have appointments? And like four people raise their hands. He's like, okay, you're you're in the A line. That's A for appointment. He goes, how many of you don't have appointments? Like three hundred people raise their hands. He's like, you're in the B line. That's B for bad planning. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, that's funny. I, I mean, I was just laughing. And so he's like, and, and he gave us like a really nice talk. He's like, you're here because you made bad plans. It's not the fault of the officers. So be respectful of the officers. It's not their fault you're here. And he goes, and be respectful of other people. There are people here who are going to funerals in other countries. There are people here who are going to the bedsides of people who are really sick in other countries. There are people here wow. who have been saving all year for vacation, and now maybe they can't go on vacation. So be kind and respectful of each other, which I thought was a really good reminder because everybody had that yeah. kind of like, I got to get through the door and through the, the yeah. you know. But it was super well run. Um, everything worked like clockwork. And I mean, I was in the, I was, Handing in, yeah, I was doing my, the first thing at like eight thirty in the morning, and I had the passport in my hand at one thirty. It was wow. amazing, and wow. the thing is, they don't charge you any extra. It's just your, but they do charge you for a passport, which somehow I feel like that should be free with citizenship. But whatever, you do pay <laughs> to get a passport. But they didn't. They don't charge you extra for this emergency thing, and which I just think is amazing. The service was amazing. It meant that we could still go on our vacation, though we missed a few days. Um, I and, and here, this is the last thing I would say about the gold star. Is I give another gold star to mom, who, as I've mentioned before, once said, "The things that go wrong often make the best oh. memories." And I am sure of this whole family vacation that we went on, the thing that will make that I the moment that I remember with the most ecstasy is the moment when I had that passport in my hand, like that jumping up and hilarious. down. And you know, the whole family being like, she's got it, she's got it. Uh, it was a whole adventure. Middle, you know, 5am Manhattan. Um, so thank you, passport people. Thank you, New York City. And be sure to check <laughs> your passport expiry dates, because it matters. It matters. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Choose a threshold ritual or some other kind of gratitude reminder. And let us know what you tried and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Also, thank you to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. And get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend 
and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate or review us on iTunes um, because it really does help us a lot. Also, keep sending in that advice for Eliza so we can share it in an upcoming episode. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. This podcast is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at itunes.com slash panoply.